0: Status of mental health in Ottawa. We're just narrating the report here, published by Ottawa Public Health. We're now into the section, we're halfway through. We're halfway through people. Stay with me a few more of these narrations, these readings here. This section, family determinants. To understand the mental health of individuals, one must consider the family environment that they live in. Both parents' and children's mental health is impacted by their home, life, and their shared relationships. For example, parents juggle many responsibilities, including employment, finances, housing, and caring for their children or other family members that affect their mental health, and subsequently how they interact as a family. This section will focus on the quality and connectedness of family relationships, the mental health of family members, household composition, and the impact of family violence on mental health. Highlights for Ottawa Many 84% grade 7 to 8 students and 74% of grade 9 to 12 students got along very well with at least one parent. However, only one-third, 34%, of students usually or always talked about their problems with a parent. Boys, 29%, and grade 11 to 12 students, 25%, were less likely to talk about their problems with a parent. 16% of families in Ottawa were single parents. Family Relationship Quality and Connectedness Family relationships refer to the quality of interactions within families, including parents, guardians, siblings, and other family members. Family relationships include parenting styles, attachment relationships between members such as parent-child and parent-parent, unpaid care, and family decision-making. The parent-child relationship is the primary experience of early childhood and the foundation of mental health. It shapes the brain's architecture, builds secure attachment, healthy relationships with others, and resilience. This relationship continues to be important to the development of older children and youth. PHAC's Positive Mental Health Surveillance Conceptual Framework doesn't provide indicators to describe family relationships. Local data related to early childhood experiences and parent-youth relationships have been included to describe some aspects of family relationships, quality, and connectedness. Early childhood experiences. From 2010 to 2012, 85% of auto families reported that during their child's first year of life, their child remained in their care. Between the ages of one to four years, Approximately 40% of children were cared for by their parents during the day. Parent-Youth Relationships In 2013, 63% of auto students in grades 7 to 8 and 50% of students in grades 9 to 12 reported that they got along very well with both their mother and father, or one parent if a single parent family getting along with at least one parent was reported by 84% of students in grades 7 to 8 and 74% of students in grades 9 to 12. 6% of students in grades 7 to 8 and 12% of students in grades 9 to 12 reported that they weren't getting along with at least one parent. This compared similarly with the rest of Ontario. In 2013, two-thirds, 65%, of Ottawa students in grades 7 to 8 and 50% of students in grades 9 to 12 reported that at least one parent guardian knew where they were in their free time away from home. Ottawa students in grades 7 to 8 were less likely to report that their parents always knew where they were in their free time away from home than grades 7 to 8 students across the rest of Ontario. In 2017, over one third, 34% of Ottawa students in grades 7 to 12 reported they usually or always talked about their problems with at least one parent. Females, 39%, were more likely than males, 29%, and those in grades 7 to 8, 41%, and grades 9 to 10, 38%, were more likely than students in grades 11 to 12, 25%, to usually or always talk about their problems with at least one parent. 77% of Canadian students in grades 6 to 10 reported that their parents trust them and this decreased with increasing grades. 29% of Canadian students in grades 6 to 10 reported that their parents expected too much from them, and this increased with increasing grades. Mental health of family members. Parents face many challenges and stresses in their ability to build healthy relationships with their children and build family resilience. Parents manage multiple roles, such as parenting, caregiving, and working and parents may face stresses such as living on low income, unstable housing, and unemployment. Some parents have the additional challenge of coping with poor mental health or mental illness. Parental mental health is important for the mental health of their children and the well-being of family life. In 2012, 37% of Ontario residents aged 18 years and older reported that they had at least one immediate or extended family member with a mental health, alcohol or drug use problem. Caregiving The Mental Health Commission of Canada 2013 report on caregivers highlights the importance quote unquote that caregivers have access to the info and supports that they need to sustain their own well-being and that their voices are recognized and respected in Canada's mental health system. In Canada, over 8 million adults provide care to their spouse, parents, adult children, grandparents, or other family members, friends or neighbors every day. Those they are caring for can have physical, cognitive, and or mental health needs. Over half a million Canadians are caregivers to people living with mental health challenges or illnesses. Being a caregiver for a family member or friend who has a mental health challenge or mental illness can be difficult yet rewarding. There is growing momentum in recognizing the role that caregivers play in the recovery process of individuals living with mental illness. 23% of caregivers reported the most frequent reason for caregiving was the care of a young and adult children with mental illness. Psychological and health related consequences of caregiving were especially significant for caregivers of people with mental illness. Well-supported caregivers can facilitate the recovery of their family member who is living with a mental illness. Enhancing caregiver capacity has a significant clinical impact on the course of their relative's mental illness. The stigma may affect a person living with mental illness can also extend to the caregiver. This can delay or prevent a caregiver from reaching out for support, which may worsen family relationships and have a negative impact on the caregiver's well-being, as well as the person for which they are caring. Family caregivers may also feel stigmatized and struggle with self-esteem and self-efficacy. To learn more about caregiving and mental health, as well as self-care for the caregiver, refer to the Mental Health Caregiver Guide. In 2012, 29% of Ontario residents, 15 years and older, reported that they provided care to a family member or friend with a long-term health condition, disability or aging need. Nearly half, 47% of caregivers reported caring for parents or in-laws, 13% cared for a spouse or child, 13% for a friend or neighbor, and 24% for another family member. Nationally, Caregivers were more likely to be between the ages of 45 to 64 years. Females were more likely to spend more time caring, and more than one quarter, 28% of caregivers were also caring for children at home. Despite that, 95% of caregivers indicated that they were coping well with their caregiving responsibilities. They commonly cited worry and anxiety, tiredness, irritability, feeling overwhelmed, sleep disruption, feeling depressed, resentful, and lonely or isolated, as a result of their caregiving responsibilities. Family structure. The household environment, including household composition and family structure, provides the foundations for children's mental health. Population level studies of single parents and their children find both the parents and the children have poor health outcomes, experience more social exclusion lower rates of employment, less income, and education. This association may be related to a single parent's increased responsibility of parenting alone, lower income, employment status, or housing insecurity. In 2016, the Canadian census counted 254,765 families in Ottawa. That includes married, common law, single parent with children. While married in common law, couples are the predominant family structure, the percentage of single parents' families rose slightly, from 16% in 2006, to 16.2%. That's 41,230 families. Across Ontario, 17% of families were single parent. Although females, 80%, make up the largest percentage of single parent families in Ottawa, the percentage of male lone parent families rose slightly from 20.1% in 2006 to 20.3% in 2016. A recent study of lone parents in Ontario found that single fathers were just as likely to describe their mental health as poor, but only half as likely as single mothers to seek help from a mental health professional. Family Violence measuring exposure to violence is difficult. Victims may be reluctant to disclose and report their experiences due to fear, shame, denial, dependency on the perpetrator, lack of proof, or a feeling that the violence was not quote-unquote significant. Many forms of violence are not well defined, like psychological abuse and neglect, where symptoms may not be apparent. Data availability are limited to incidents involving the authorities, requiring healthcare, or surveys limited by underreporting and misinterpretation of the questions. Additionally, frequency and severity of violence is not always available, but it isn't only one-tenth of violent incidents. Additionally, frequency and severity of violence is not always available, but it is related to long-term health outcomes. It is estimated that reported violence may account for only one-tenth of violent incidents. This section of the report will provide a snapshot of the impacts of family violence on mental health. Exposure to violence is linked to poor physical and mental health, fear, social isolation, and risky behaviors. Examples of mental illnesses and health risk behaviors related to exposure to violence include depression, anxiety, substance use, self-harm, and eating disorders. Family violence is one form of violence that negatively impacts mental health. It negatively impacts the quality and connectedness of family relationships and consequently the mental health of family members. It includes any form of abuse or neglect perpetrated by a family member or intimate partner. It is an abuse of power by one person to hurt and control someone who trusts and depends on him. Family violence may include physical, sexual, psychological, and financial abuse, as well as neglect. Self-reported exposure to childhood violence Family discord, such as conflict, hostility, family breakups, and abusive relationships, have been described by children and youth as causes of mental health problems. Violence during childhood includes the experience of direct violence, as well as exposure to intimate partner violence before the age of 16 years. In 2012, one third of Ontario adults aged 18 years and older reported experiencing any of three types of child abuse, physical, sexual, or exposure to intimate partner violence, before the age of 16. This was the same as Canada more Canadian males, 34%, than females, 31%, reported experiencing child abuse before the age of 16 years. In Canada, immigrants, 28%, reported experiencing child abuse less often than Canadian-born residents. Nationally, about the same percentage of those in the lowest income quintile reported any of the three types of child abuse as those in the highest income quintile. In 2014, almost half, 48% of Canadians who identified as lesbian, gay or bisexual reported physical and or sexual abuse during childhood, while childhood abuse was reported by 30% of heterosexual Canadians. Child Welfare Investigations In 2013, of all cases investigated by Ontario child welfare agencies, Excluding any reports investigated only by police, reports not opened for an investigation and unreported cases, 34% were substantiated or the maltreatment was verified to have occurred. This amounts to an estimated 43,067 substantiated child maltreatment case investigations. Almost half of the substantiated maltreatment were exposure to intimate partner violence followed by neglect. Physical abuse, emotional abuse, and sexual abuse. I'll read that one again for you. Almost half, 48%, of the substantiated maltreatment were exposure to intimate partner violence, followed by neglect, 24%, physical abuse, 13%, emotional abuse, 13%, and sexual abuse, 2%. Intimate partner violence. Intimate partner violence includes violence between spouses or dating partners in current or former relationships. It can take the form of physical, sexual, psychological, or financial abuse, neglect or stalking. In 2014, 3% of Ontario adults reported being the victim of spousal violence in the past five years. Those aged 25 to 44 years were the most affected by spousal violence. This excludes spousal violence experienced by those living in institutions, including transition housing, emergency shelters, and second-stage housing. Elder Maltreatment Elder maltreatment occurs when an older adult is harmed or distressed due to an action or lack of action by someone they trust. It's also known as elder abuse. Elder maltreatment can take many forms, including physical, sexual, psychological, financial, and material abuse, abandonment, neglect, and loss of dignity. Elder maltreatment is not well documented among residents of long-term care homes. In 2015, 8% of older Canadian adults self-reported that they have been mistreated. Psychological abuse, 2.7%, and financial abuse, 2.6%, with the most frequently reported forms of maltreatment by older adults, 65 years and older. In 2015, 29 per 100,000 Ottawa older adults aged 65 to 89 were victims of police-reported family violence. This was uh, lower than the rate in Ontario as a whole, including Ottawa, which is 48 per 100,000, and Canada, 60 per 100,000. Alright, so that was the section Family Determinants. We're going to pick it up again in the next section with Community Determinants.